welcome welcome it's been a long time long time coming yeah long long time coming how long has it been like a couple months already we've been trying to start it up since the beginning of 2018 yep and or 2019 we failed multiple times we kept on getting trying to get evans back but then we'd be like he'd be like hey i'm not coming in right now and then by the time he gets back and hits us up it's already too late i'm just like i'm too tired for this i got life man I ain't living that Manhattan lifestyle like you are. We gotta get our beauty sleep. Yeah. Oh, you gotta get your booty sleep. I never get my beauty sleep. I and the that booty five sleep. Hours. Yeah, the booty. And with that, it's I'd like to reintroduce you to the Up and Up podcast, where you know we discuss whatever topics are on my mind, my mind specifically, <laughs> not the dolls. Just, just Edgar's. Just mind. mine specifically. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, guys, we're gonna talk about what I want to talk about. I don't care what you guys think. Now, discuss. Mind of Edgar Sia. <laughs> yep. I'm ready to steal those jokes. <laughs> I heard he was actually touring, even though I'm, I'm going off. I'm, go, I'm going off from the introduction, even though I'm trying to introduce this. Hey, we're going to your mind. If he's touring again, then yeah, he's touring. Yeah. He's trying to make that pay for him the only way he knows how to. I was actually going to watch him, but like I just totally forgot, you know, that mind of Edgar. You know, my, my, I was like, you know what? My jokes are probably better. And then <laughs> and then I went and did my own show, and and now here I am. And with me today is Vidal. What do you got to say, Vidal? Uh, nothing much, because there's we're not doing this with respect to what's in my mind. I'm responding to what's on your mind, Edgar, and what is on our mind today. Well, I don't have a catchy phrase like DTD, you know, <laughs> very, <laughs> very part of the times. You can't say that no more without offending some people. But the big topic of the week is Endgame. Endgame. It's finally over. Yes. Endgame. A reflection, a postmortem, if you will, a discussion, reflection, and uh, provocation of what we thought and what we still think of this this cultural phenom that has finally been unleashed and quote-unquote concluded for the world to see. I'd just like to add that two relationships ended, and I'm currently in the third one at this point, from when Endgame... Well, not Endgame, but like the first MCU, well, I'm considering Iron Man, up to mm -hmm. Endgame. That's, that's that, that was the, the topic on my mind i'm just like man that's how much time has pants passed i don't know why i said pants but since those movies came out till we till we got to this point how about you but all what what reflections do you have time lapse wise from the first movie to now what, what comes to mind you know it's it's really interesting because i'm trying to reflect on the moment where the marvel cinematic universe finally clicked for me and I have to admit, when Phase 1 first began, I, I, I wasn't really into it. You know, I, I heard about Iron Man, and there was a lot, people were saying a lot of positive things about it, and I just thought to myself, you know, Iron Man, who's that? Why would I want to see Iron Man? And then, you know, Thor, and I guess the moment I really was sold on the MCU was the first Avengers movie. I had seen... The first, I, I believe the first four movies of the, or I guess five, we're going to consider the, the Incredible Hulk um, part of it. 
So there was the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, uh, First Avenger, and then Th Thor, and then Iron Man 2, if I believe, and then that those lead into uh, the First Avengers movie. And it wasn't until I saw the First Avengers that I was really like, oh, oh, okay, I, I see why this is so popular. I see why it's so popular. And it wasn't until... It wasn't until the Winter Soldier where I was like, "Okay, I'm 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 in this for the long run. I'm in this for the long run," and that's kind of my frame of mind there. While a lot of people are gonna look at the first Iron Man movie and think like, "Oh, that's that's when the spark really really took off." For me, it was the Winter Soldier that began this whole um, enjoyment of the the movies we've seen thus far. You know, it really didn't hit me. It, with my perspective is that uh like i don't even remember the first iron man that well what was, who was he fighting in that one he was fighting uh man and he was fighting obadiah stane played by jeff bridges basically the the interim ceo of stark industries while tony stark was abducted oh did it wasn't he the one fighting like oh no but isn't that the second one doesn't he fight another ceo with another machine in there yeah he fights justin hammer um played by sam rockwell in the second one or i don't know if he fights justin hammer himself he definitely fights mickey rourke but i don't know if he actually gets into like combat with with justin hammer which you know fun fact sam rockwell was one of the folks one of the actors considered for the role of iron man um I think he played uh, Justin Hammer very well. He's a great addition, great addition to the MCU. And if I may, just detour and slightly jump ahead of ourselves into the Endgame discussion. If Jeff Bridges is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Obadiah Stane in the first Iron Man, then who played the Big Lebowski in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as they those characters know it? A rhetorical question, but... You know, I'm pretty sure they're just going to say that Jeff Bridges is still in there as a regular person, even though he's playing a character and then there's a character alluding to him. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's it's going to be like movie magic. I remember the first Avengers, how that all added up. You're like, it was that point where you're like, hey, let's see how this is actually going to turn out all these heroes in one movie. You know, we were watching all those end credits. You're like, oh, man. They're alluding to them actually meeting up together. And it was cool the first time. But like after watching it a couple times now, I feel it's kind of a drag until like the very last half of the movie. Yeah, there are a lot of highlights in that movie. Um, namely, you know, when Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America first meet in that forest as they're trying to, you know, track down Loki. Um, the part where where they're on the helicarrier and they're all arguing about about the purpose of Shield and the purpose of of why they're there and, or if they even should be there together, and then finally the third act. And I feel like, yeah, a lot of um, what happens in the in the first and second acts is so much build up. Uh, it and it's 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 a lot of setup. Uh, that it's kind of like, ooh, could we get to the uh, the cherry on top right now? Yeah, I mean, oh man, I, the, the the first half and the middle half of the movie, I'm just like, I, I don't really remember most of it. I just remember there's a helicarrier, and then Hulk gets angry, and then they're like, oh shit, Hulk is angry, and then shit goes down. And then I remember Iron Man and Captain America are in a plane. Was, is that the same scene where Iron Man and Captain America are in a ship with Thor, and then 
they all fight each other, all three, or is that it's all discombobulated in my mind because I think the first phase was cool in the beginning in that like you're like, okay, this is something that's happening. And it's the second half where you're like, oh man, there's even more characters being added and let's see how they add on top of that, which is Age of Ultron, which didn't really do so well, like compared to the first one. I feel like that one's the worst one of the three. I mean the four. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting that, you know, Age of Ultron, it was supposed to be the and in all honesty, Age of Ultron is such a pivotal movie to in the grand scheme of things. But I guess in the moment it's 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 so uh it has its moments, but for the most part, I feel like it's it's almost not required reading because I mean, don't you need it for Black Panther? You need it for I a mean, lot just, of things. Just for Black Panther, really. You need it for like I mean, it's it's the the reason for Captain America's Civil War and emo uh, uh, emo Iron Man, pretty much Tony Stark. Yeah, and I don't know if Ulysses Claw plays such a role in that movie that you wouldn't understand what happens in Black Panther unless you saw Age of Ultron. But it but it really does occupy this this weird space where it was supposed to be like the dark one of the darkest chapters in the MCU. And it, it kind of isn't. I think Civil War is what that's the darkest one because I mean everyone's just like, hey, we can't trust our government as well as we're fighting amongst ourselves and we can't we can't be together pretty much. Yeah, and Civil War posited a lot of of good questions about um about superhero independence and um, reliance on governing bodies and. It did a very good job. Yeah, accountability and and guilt, frankly. Guilt and regret, um, particularly for Tony. Um, a little bit of uh, arrogance on the part of maybe Captain America. But ultimately, the great thing about Civil War is that it handles all of its characters, despite being titled Captain America, it handles all of its characters, including Captain America, very well and with such brevity that no one feels... Like they've had the rug pulled from underneath them as far as relevance to the story goes. Everyone feels like they have a purpose. Um, even when you factor in the fact that Spider-Man was added in at the last minute, it still feels like something that belongs there and something that's that's completely uh, purposeful to the to the grand story. Yeah, like I I would think Age of Ultron is like the bad season of a show where. You have to watch it so you can enjoy the next season, is how I would put it. Frankly, I, I didn't enjoy it the first time around. It was just more like, hey, this is happening again, was more the hype that I was going with when I watched it. And then I watched it, and I was like, eee, not good. Yeah, because it, 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 it also doesn't do very well with dealing with the repercussions of of what happens in the movie. Um, if a, oh, Man, I... I'm having kind of a difficult time recalling what exactly were the repercussions that were portrayed in Age of Ultron itself. Um, I think uh, Tony Stark was the Poe Dameron in that movie, that he was the cause of all the problems, even though in the grand scheme of the universe it wasn't that big because it's only Vision, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's the creation of Vision in there. Right. Isn't that, yeah, that's all that happened, really, is just they got Vision. <laughs> he got a stone. Yeah, that's the one he got. This he got the stone in that movie, right? Or was it after? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, see, this, 
thing about that's the thing I'm, what happens with this after reflecting so much on the series is that like you know i remember moments but not like minor details like that i'm just like oh i i have feelings for when i went in more so than actual details recalling events in the movies yeah and that's it for some of the entries in the mcu feelings are all you can really work off of since it's so it's so heavy on events and and particular plot points that sometimes it gets lost in the it gets lost in that reflection of of, of both feelings and actual stuff that happens and now they're coming out so much faster now than they did earlier you know we'd have iron man and then we'd be like huh when's the next one and it'd be like a big gap and then you'd have like a fantastic four thrown in there or an x-men and you're just like these are also not good (laughs) (laughs) i mean how many times how many times did they reboot fantastic four just once well i mean they had the really really old one i mean you can consider the new one i I don't know if you consider the new one or the middle one i guess the one that has jessica alba yeah i mean uh you know i don't i don't consider that one a reboot (laughs) (laughs) i mean the problem with a lot of non-mcu movies is that they have that we've seen that story before like we don't need to be told that's one thing I, okay a positive i really want to get into with these movies is that they just jump straight into it like you go into the movie you're not like hey we're gonna hold your hand a little bit we're gonna tell you i mean besides like guardians of the galaxy that no one knew who they were really unless you're like a big fan of them of the comics but generally the story just like hey we're gonna keep on going if you don't know it's it's your loss oh wow i you know i i feel like some some movies would probably jump into the deep end uh more often you know we got a lot of we got a lot a lot of origin stories where uh, it feels like uh they're trying to get folks um up to speed with what's happening so you get an you get an abridged version of of how everybody got their powers and sometimes these origin stories are are pretty good. Um, sometimes they fall into the trap where once they get their powers, the movie becomes re rewatchable. Whereas the moments where they where they're still trying to acquire their powers and work together as a team, it becomes kind of um, it becomes fun to watch at first. But when you try to go back to it, then it becomes a little a little uh, tiresome. Um, I think some exceptions to that, you know, being Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's really fun to see Quill, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Gamora all come together and how they how they eventually come to, to work together, because it all eventually leads up to the finale um, in a very coherent and, and cohesive way. Um, other movies, you know, there's you can definitely, like, slice the edit with between the part where they're trying to figure out their powers and then the part you you actually came to see so it feels like in some cases like two different movies or you just scoop the, the movie in general like uh the first captain america I, I i would skip that i would just go straight into winter soldier yeah uh yeah um especially since in, in captain america you know you pretty much get as long as you know the the gist of it that you know he used to be this guy who who lived in the 40s frozen and then boom he's now in modern times and he's got some people that he left behind and it's he's part of a world that is moving faster than he is or sometimes moving without him and in that sense the theme is done so well that 
that really you don't need to you don't need to rely on the first Avenger for any backstory. I think it skipped the first phase. Like besides the first Avengers, I mean, I I'm not I'm not a fan of the the Thor movies. I'm I'm not. I think they're the worst movies of the MCU. Like the bottom of the barrel. I do not enjoy them at all. Like the first one, it's literally just where gods we're going down here and we're gonna fight. I don't. And this tells you how much I know about Thor. The first movie is that I just know that they fight something. I don't even remember what it is they fight in the first one. The second one's Tumblr the movie because. I know how many girls were screaming about Loki. That's when the first Avengers and Loki Dark World in the second phase. I just remember tons of girls screaming, drawing art. Like Loki was the big guy that people were just like squealing for. I, I don't recall who the villain was in the first Thor movie. I do not recall who the villain was in the first Thor movie, nor do I remember who the. I don't really remember who the who the second villain was uh, in the second. Oh, movie. It's some, it was some purple people. Yeah, it was some oh. purple people in the second one. I, or so I think. I think. Or was it the first one? Oh man, see, th- those are for forgettable. That's why you can just if you're gonna rewatch it, or if you're gonna start watching, I say just go with Avengers. You don't you don't need the other stuff. Just start from Avengers. If you're watching it now, I mean, I think they were good. When you first, when they were first coming out, like those things that you had to experience, they were like historical in that sense that, like you know, there's this grand story being built by multiple movies, and it's actually being cohesive, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was some quality in that, but now that that's over and we've done it about two times, I don't think you need unless you really want to go back and be like, hey, I want to see how this actually all came together. But I think it's a time and place thing to enjoy. Yeah, unlike things like Star Wars, like in Star Wars, I feel like you can go back and rewatch those movies whenever you want. But like, uh, like these ones, I feel like you don't. They just have that thing of they only have what makes them interesting or cool was that they were happening and it was happening. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they were so culturally relevant that you had you really had no no other option than to than to go with the ride than to ride the wave and 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 experience them as other people were experiencing them. And it's such, it's such a hard uh, thing to gauge when it comes to uh, what should be watched and what shouldn't. Because in the case of like, I guess the first Iron Man, folks would need. There's always like each movie, even as you know, maybe forgettable or 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 lackluster as it may have been, it feels like each of them have something that's completely relevant to the greater story. Iron Man one, the moment that Tony Stark finally reveals himself as iron man is a pivotal moment iron man 2 tony stark dealing with his post post-traumatic stress over what happened in new york which forges his motives for creating ultron and then sets in motion this whole chain of events man maybe the first avenger it's really hard if you if you really care about if you end up caring about captain america even if you begin with like the first avengers or or just phase two in general you're going to want to watch uh, the first Avenger to understand Captain America's motivations. So it's it's really hard to gauge. I'd say maybe Iron Man 3. Maybe Iron Man 3 is the, like, the one that really doesn't need to be watched if somebody was really hankering to save some time. Hey, that's the best Christmas movie out there. You know, <laughs> a little boy <laughs> and Stark fight off glowy people with his many <laughs> uh, suits that he has that from his... Uh depression he's like hey I, can't, I need to protect the world with my suits but i'm also harming people with my suits <laughs> <laughs> that's another movie i don't re- i don't recall i just remember there's like a little kid 
and Stark needs his help. Man, you remember more than I do. I just I just remember the the final battle with uh, Guy Pierce and the uh the Mandarin fake out. Oh yeah, and uh Mrs. Potts getting infected too. Yeah, which you know isn't really doesn't really matter I guess afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. On to the next one. What about Black Panther? As culture it's it's the most popular one. You know, it was a surprise <laughs> one, I feel. It, yeah. I, I enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, but mainly it was because I liked the music that it added with, plus visually it looked amazing. Oh yeah. So that that one grabbed me, but the world really loves Black Panther. I enjoy it too. I enjoy it a lot, but I want your thoughts on it. You know, let me admit uh, out the door that Black Panther is my second favorite Marvel movie. And to be honest, when it when I first saw the trailer for it, before I'd seen it, I wasn't expecting much from it. I was I was expecting an origin story in the vein of Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange, for as visually pleasing it pleasing as it was, and and just you know it was pretty it was pretty well written it followed a lot of the same patterns of say tony stark's arc you know you have this cocky professional who very good at what he does but you know this this turn in his life forces him to confront and take take on this different path in his life where he becomes a little bit wiser with his newfound powers or newfound responsibility um, and I was kind of expecting the same from Black Panther, and I guess the benefit of Black Panther is that we didn't need much of an introduction to who T'Challa was, because we already had that introduction in Civil War. We already saw character development in Civil War from him, so he wasn't so much the sole focus of Black Panther as Stephen Strange was the sole focus of Doctor Strange. And as a result, we got time to focus on the world around Black Panther. So I think the world building in Black Panther was really good. And then, of course, you have Killmonger, who, as a result of T'Challa not needing so much focus on his character, more time was able to be spent on Killmonger. And I gotta say, the the one thing that just surprised me, that just left me floored in the theater, is what was the the presence of the of the race element in it. I really wasn't expecting Marvel and Disney to go so far as to have a villain that outright was motivated to take over the world for race-based reasons. He wanted to start a race war and I'm glad that it was that it was tackled which with such seriousness and that they and that Marvel um didn't really pull any punches when it came to dealing with it and and stamping out that that mindset in Killmonger when the finale finally came because I, in my opinion, Killmonger is probably the most human villain that we've seen. Maybe next to um, the villain in Civil War, because as for for as many things that needed to come together in Civil War, um, Daniel Bruhl's character really brought it home with uh, with his motivations. Killmonger, though, had a really relatable—I don't want to say relatable—backstory, but it's it's a story that we're familiar with. It's a story that we've read and and seen, and to be motivated like that and to tie it all back together in a way that deals with the responsibilities one has after after such a traumatic childhood was very was very plausible in in a way as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes, and for that it really remains definitely top three. 
I'm, I was surprised with the soundtrack mainly. <clears throat> well, I mean, of course, other things, but like, I really also want to get into like the soundtrack because I when I heard that Kendrick Lamar was doing, it, I was just like, oh, is this gonna be like some PG, some PG pop rap, you know? Like, hey guys, I am Black Panther. I can't say the <laughs> N word or the F word. Also, get the women <laughs> instead of hoes. And uh, I really enjoyed the soundtrack, but. On the villain side, I th- I think he's the best villain of all the movies. Like you said, like it's not just like, hey, I'm a bad guy. It's more like, dude, some shit, some bad shit happened, and you can agree with me. You're like, hey, I this guy is not in the wrong, you know. But the way he's handling it is what's wrong, or the way what he what it develops into. He's just like, oh, I I now that you know you guys fucked with me, I'm just gonna fuck everyone up you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do what you guys did to me but even worse instead of you know reflecting on it or going past it you know to overcoming it oh yeah and i don't know how they're gonna handle it in black panther 2 because you're gonna ha- you're gonna have the hype of a villain like killmonger but i feel like they're just gonna go the route of hey either another it's at a, as a nation you know surviving as wakanda how how does wakanda survive in this with this in this climate i feel like they're gonna do like a trump sort of thing if Mm -hmm. not fighting some generic villain like hey we're gonna fight some iron man-esque robot guy or like that guy with the gun you know that russian guy you know he'll come back and he's like i'm super powerful (laughs) now i'm still alive i want to destroy wakanda that's my motive now i was just gonna say like he's gonna be like oh i want all the resources that's all because i I really don't know where they would take after like something I i think Black Panther is a one and done thing to me. Like I don't know, like maybe I don't maybe there's some other characters, some other stories they could tell that I cuz I haven't read the books. But I I thought that the story was done so well in Black Panther 2. I mean Black Panther 1 that I don't know where they could go. <laughs> Mr. Time Travel over here. <laughs> yeah. How, how is it, man? man? How is you, Black Panther 2? <laughs> you should have seen it, man. It was so good. Killmonger came back. <laughs> <laughs> they snapped him back into existence <laughs> yep um, i mean when uh when th- no, I, I don't even want to discuss that right now it's too early to discuss endgame but yes he gets he gets brought back oh yeah he's like he's like this time i'm here for the hammer of thor as well as the gauntlets and i'm gonna snap the world and all the races i'm gonna turn everyone black is what he said is what he said <laughs> That's his new motive. He's like, you know, if I can't destroy the white people, I'm just going to turn everyone black. Oh, man. But go on. What were you going to say? But, you know, I agree with you in in the sense that Black Panther feels like such a solid entry into the MCU. It feels like such a solid standalone that doing a second one almost feels like it's futile. And I felt that way about Guardians of the Galaxy as well. When I first saw it, you know, I knew it's, I had seen something so well done and the the uh, interaction between the, the five main characters was so well executed that when I got out of the theater, I was like, uh-oh, I don't know if the second one's going to live up to this one. How do, you, how do you make something as unique as that and then not recycle the same gags? On the flip side, when it comes to Black Panther 2, I think they found the, the most perfect villain um thematically speaking that i don't know how they're really going to tackle it again even if you do a sort of political play on it i feel like they already exhausted a lot of political options 
first Black Panther because it not only dealt with race, it also dealt with immigration because there was also dis- the discussion about opening Wakanda's borders. Now that they're part of the of the greater MCU, both externally and and literally and figuratively speaking, how does it how does it not devolve into um into just you know hey I'm I'm just a guy here to take over the world slash Wakanda. And you got to fight me again to to make sure your throne stays safe. Or are they just going to have T'Challa do some globetrotting uh, adventure, uh, sort of like what happened in the first one? You know how it should have ended? It should have been T'Challa going with the Guardians of the Galaxy instead of Thor. Boom. There. It opens up. Or I don't really agree with you on the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I could easily see... You know, you got all of the universe in Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, though I do agree with you on the point of, like, the gags. But, mm-hmm. like, story-wise, you have the whole universe. While the Chalas, you don't see you don't see him going to space. He's like, you know what? I'm going to the stars, baby. I'm going to go fight down. The, I'm going to be the Captain Marvel of space. I'm, I can't fly, but I'll be on a ship. You know, he's more like, I'm going to be down here watching my kingdom is his focus. So that, that's where my criticism comes from. While the Guardians have, you know, like they're like, oh, we're going to go like two galaxies away to fight whatever. Or we'll see what happens. You know, they might get cut up and mishap. While T'Challa's, you know, he, he's going to be walking down his general streets. No one's going to bother him. You know, they'll be like, hey, T'Challa, what up, bro? And then boom, the explosion happens. Then he's like, what what happened? And, you know, some thugs or some, some space people attack. And they're like, hey, we're here for that... Uh, What's the stuff they have in Wakanda again? Uh, vibranium. Yeah, they're like, we're here for the vibranium. He's like, ah, shit, not again. And, that, not and, again. That's, and, and that's Black Panther 2 for you. <laughs> Just not again. That's, that's what it should be called. Just Black Panther 2, not again. <laughs> With but not music inspired one. by Lil Nas X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that would be so, you know... It'll be called the Newtown Road because <laughs> they just built that road down there after the invasion and in, uh, Infinity War. Yep, they're like, oh man, that big battle, we lost a lot of roads, <laughs> but now <laughs> we got this new town and road, and then cuts into the little Nas X. He'll be like some hobo on the street, just like walking down, and then he'll wink, and then the song will play in the background. <laughs> it'll be the instrumentals at first, and then it'll just slowly go into the vocals. And then you got uh, Sunflower by Sway Lee. <laughs> uh, oh, I got to say this. So we were watching Spider-Man, and that Sway Lee song comes on with uh, Miles singing it, and Badal looks at us like he wants to do something. And I'm just like, what? And so it, it isn't until much later he's just like, oh, I really want to laugh at that part because I could relate, you know, singing music while you're doing stuff. And I was like, you could have laughed. You don't. You don't have to look at me to laugh. And you know, to say like, who can relate? You know, you didn't have to. Have, I would have. I would have said anything. You, you could have enjoyed. You could have had your moment, but all. No one in the theater was laughing. Nobody. Everyone. The theater was silent. I felt like I was in a foreign country. Aren't Americans supposed to be clapping at every other scene in this in this country? Gosh. But I I, I smile to myself. That's all. That's what you got out of me. Yeah, I got. You got a little smile from me. Like, hey, I do that too sometimes. <laughs> Well, let me say this about uh, Into the Spider-Verse real quick um, in comparison to Black Panther. I am so glad that Spider-Verse found a way to integrate both soundtracks into the movie, whereas Black Panther really only got to fit in the all the stars song at the end, but didn't get to fit in any of the music inspired by the film by Kendrick Lamar into the actual film itself, not even like the instrumentals of, of that soundtrack. 
So you just wanted to hear the future verse in there. So I don't even know how, how does it go again. You just want to hear it. Yeah, Lottie, you, you know, he's punching the chalas out there in Korea, just like beating up some people. And then you hear Lottie, Dottie, Da, Shlav, Aminab. That's when Okoye whacks somebody with a pole. And that's where you hear it. Or you just want to hear J Rock's, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it, I gotta go get it. During the car chasing. Like, <laughs> while he's like socking people like they do in like the punching bags and boxing movies, like, da, 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 da. Just gotta go get it. That's, I think that's what you really wanted to hear personally. You know, just like the part when I heard I Never Freeze, you know, people were chanting out the Ugandan, uh, Ugandan Knuckles thing. Nothing. And I can't believe that thing died too. I, I totally forgot about it. I was like, you know, I'll never forget Uganda Knuckles. But now it's it, the the internet moves so fast that I I really don't recall most of it besides the Queen or I, I forgot how they talk. It was probably it was a corporate invented meme, you know, especially for the marketing of Black Panther. And for that, I applaud the people responsible for it because that was one of the few times a convenient meme actually uh, coincided. And was actually funny. Well, I was disappointed that uh, Donald Glover was not his uncle in the movie. I forgot who voices him in the movie. Do you know? Mahershala Ali of Moonlight. What has he done? Moonlight, um, the Green Book oh. recently. Oh, he's that guy. <laughs> Luke Cage. He was the uh, he was Cottonmouth and Luke Cage. So, what were the rest of your thoughts on Phase Three? You know, prior before Black Panther, uh, before we we discuss Infinity War. What was in Phase 3 again? <laughs> I want to say Doctor Strange, uh, Guardians 2, if you want to also discuss Guardians of the Galaxy, that's also that's also cool. Yeah, that's uh, a good question. And then you know, yeah. Civil War. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now we're going to have to get the list out. But no, uh, my thoughts on Doctor Strange, I thought it was alright. Visually, I thought it was a visually impressive movie. But story-wise, I was kind of bored. And then I was just like, why is this white lady, you know, an Asian monk? You know, why couldn't they get an Asian lady? That's what I thought. You know, I, I, I was like, what is... I enjoyed Tilda Swinton too much to... Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, she was so good. She was, she was memorable, in my opinion. I really enjoyed her in that role. And then, you know, in Endgame, she looked like she was on uh, one of Make-A-Wish. I was just like, <laughs> this lady, just get, get her some help. This lady can barely stand. I feel bad for her. She looks very ill. She made me feel ill. I felt like I was aging with her in the movie. I, I, I think that may have been intentional. Maybe. Yeah, she wanted you. She wanted us to all feel old. You know, she wants to bring us back to reality. But that movie, it was all right. It was it's, it was one of those movies where I watched it just so I can move on, like a comic book. Be like, okay, I'm waiting to get to that big issue, that one that I I know I want. You know, I want to see everyone. So that's how I felt with Thor too. Mm. I need to watch these just so I can get that end scene yeah. and move on to the next. And uh, Guardians, I'd say, was a good follow-up. Not better, but a, an enjoyable follow-up. And that's, you know, it dealt with his father, that whole thing, which wasn't that big of a... It wasn't necessary reading, is all I gotta say, with the, just like with Ant-Man. Uh, that's who <laughs> Oh, yeah, whoa, forgot. whoa, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Yeah, oh, Ant-Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, how did we forget Ant-Man? <laughs> the only scene i really like from guardians 2 was the whole i'm not your father but i am your pappy line and that and that whole sequence but like before that it was the goofs were kind of like eh like you know mm-hmm. drax was the one who was carrying everyone just like being that lovable old we all love to hate just like hey guys i'm being serious but also jokingly serious and that's yeah. the gag so I'm being so literal that it's funny. 
Yes, <laughs> that was pretty much all of Guardians 2. And then we have this uh, really innocent, naive alien girl. And I think her power is she can feel your emotions or something like that. You know, it doesn't yeah. seem like a big thing. Yeah. Kind of put you in She's a just deep there. sleep. Yeah. And that that was Guardians 2. Well, Ant-Man, I really enjoyed Ant-Man. It was a funny heist movie. Yeah, I especially I, I especially liked uh, the the three dudes. Like, Are they officially called the Badgers? I think so. You know, you already know one of them. T.I., man. The oh, most I was going to say Michael Pena, but... Oh, I, oh, it was T.I. who carried everyone. <laughs> okay. <man. laughs> you know, when they, when they brought back the movies, they're like, you know what? The first people, screw your boys. We need to get T.I. on this. That's what That's what they were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Screw Michael Douglas. Screw Paul Rudd. T.I. He was the first one to get the contract. Yeah. <laughs> for that renewal. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Ant-Man was... Yeah, Ant-Man was, Ant-Man was pretty good, in my opinion. Um, I, I feel like that's how we're going to go about it. It's either these movies were either really good, good, or eh. It's, it's how I feel. You either you watched it and go to the next one, you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it a little bit more than the other ones. And the best one. I think that describes the whole feeling of this series. Yeah, I agree. Like with Ant Man, it's not really much to say. It's just like because it's a whole side story in that he's just like, "Hey, I'm a thief, and but I'm also smart. But I'm a divorcee, so I have to deal with my daughter and that whole situation. And I may and I may love this lady who's beating me up and training me at the same time. It's so detached from the rest of the MCU, seemingly that. Really, when I first watched it, I I didn't even nothing about it felt like required reading, even though it was it was so entertaining. And it almost feels like even though Ant Man Two is not as good as the first Ant Man, um, Ant Man Two was the more important movie in the grand scheme of things. Like in the first one, Michael Douglas's character hating on the Starks that never expands into anything. You know, he never does like yeah. He never talks to Tony Stark to be like, hey, I think you're an asshole, your father's an asshole, and you guys messed up my life and my work. That never that never develops into anything. They never even come into contact with each other. Right. Even when the scene later on, which we'll talk about, like in the movie, that you see him again in the past, nothing, you, you don't see anything. Like nothing, there's no, you're like, hey, this is why they hate each other. You know, no results to that. Like, you don't see it firsthand. So, like, the first one, enjoyable. Nothing really comes of it other than, hey, we're introducing Ant-Man now. And at the end, he's going to be in the next movie. <laughs> yeah, and what was the end credit scene for that one? Was that basically for Civil War? I think so, yeah. Okay. Don't take my word for it, but I think so. I'm just thinking about the second one, which I was almost made it into the movie. I was I was walking down Chinatown after school. I was like, hey... Why are there so many, you know, police officers here? <laughs> and why are roads blocked off? And so I was walking down the street, and then I see, like, some people just, like, watching this alleyway that I usually walk to get some uh, pork buns, some mm-hmm. BBQ pork buns. And I was just like, fuck, it's covered. I can't get my shit. Like, I came I came to Chinatown for nothing. And I sit around for a little bit, and I see they're shooting a scene, and good old Morpheus is carrying oh. the Valkyrie chick. Or not the, not the Valkyrie chick, bad, the chick who disappears. I don't even remember yeah, her name. Yeah, the ghost chick. Yeah, the ghost chick. Yeah, he's carrying the ghost chick. I'm like, oh shit, it's Morpheus over there. <laughs> did you take a picture? And, uh, I, I, I did take a picture, but after that, the guy is like, hey, you shouldn't be taking pictures. And I was like, oh, sorry. You know, that old, hey, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I don't I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. But like, yeah, they're like, yeah, don't take pictures. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I walk, I somehow make it across down the street. 
and like some people are like gathering together like hey everyone get get into a mass we're gonna do another we're gonna do another shoot a retake the final take and so they they go to i start walking down the street with them not knowing what's going on and uh i just like act all chill you know we walk across morpheus does this thing again carrying the chick the ghost chick and uh they call cut after that, some chick turns around like, "Hey, are you an extra?" I'm like, "No," <laughs> and she she looked kind of <laughs> she looked kind of annoyed, you know, like those people are like, "Oh, this this guy, you know, I I, I probably sent out like hundreds of shoot, you know, photos of me, and this guy just like from nowhere just like walks into the scene. He better not be in the scene of this movie, is what I got from this chick." And <laughs> so I watched the movie, and it goes to that scene where uh, it doesn't even, you can't even tell where it's at, but I know where that spot is. Uh-huh. But they cut out the scene where I was actually walking. They just <laughs> all they show in the movie is him just carrying the chick, and then it cuts out from that part. They don't show like the actual street of us walking down that street, mm-hmm. like across. Yeah, like yeah, it doesn't show them walking into the main street. They're still in the alleyway at the end of that scene. <clears throat> so you're so, telling me you're in a Disney vault somewhere. Footage of you yep. in a Disney vault. Yep, I'm out, I'm out there with uh, Walt Disney in his frozen <laughs> oh, head. Boy. You know, they're like the scene we have to save. That's that's where I'm at. One of these days, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna make it out of the vault. <laughs> they're like this. This scene was so good. This guy with his backpack, he's going places. There's gonna be an Ant Man two ride at Disneyland, and they're gonna be using scene us uh, footage of you with your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and my line will be like are you no they'll ask me they'll be like hey are you an extra and i'll be like no and that'll be my line on the ride either that or <laughs> they're gonna change so that you say yes and then you're supposed to be the stand-in for the for the people who are riding the ride <laughs> and then it'll be like oh, come man. come with us now they don't even have like a person do the voiceover they never contact me they just get like some cg voice so like the people who did the tupac hologram they're like hey we got the same people to try to get your voice again. We got Microsoft <laughs> Sam to <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's my uh that's my Ant Man and Wasp story. The only one I ever had that's the only that's my only real life connection to the MCU. After nice. that it's just going to the theaters. Yeah, and you know that's <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, Ant Man is the only MCU movie that takes place on the West Coast. Everything pretty much takes place in either New York, primarily New York, or Washington D.C. But it's New York, yeah. basically. So hey, that's that's pretty good. The movie I really want to talk about before Endgame is uh, Captain Marvel. You've seen it, right? I have. Give me your impressions before I tell you uh, my thoughts, because. Uh, I'll give you a quick, I did not like it. I, I mean, I'll say it's better than Thor 1 and Thor 2. That, that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my description of it. That's, my, that's how I feel about it. Okay, I will, say, I will say this. It's very interesting the direction they, they gave to Brie Larson because Brie Larson is one of my favorite actresses. She, I, I've enjoyed her work since watching her in Short Term 12. Uh, Room was, of course, the the movie that earned her the Academy Award. So Brie Larson is undoubtedly a very, very talented artist. So I'm very curious as to why they had her act very innocent or play on this very, like, she seemed like she was younger in that movie or played a younger person than than she really was. In in Carol Danvers' 
prior life she's supposed to be this hotshot air force pilot after what occurs in that movie that prompts her to become captain marvel or at least have the powers of captain marvel before she takes on the actual identity of captain marvel she has this very sort of naive sort of overly sheltered personality to her which i thought was was a very odd choice and almost kind of i don't know i want to say hampered the experience of watching her in action i felt like her character should have still had that mature gravitas to her before the quote-unquote incident that set off the chain of events overall i i enjoyed the movie i enjoyed um the rapport that carol had with nick fury i enjoyed the uh the scroll twist yeah i have more things to say about captain marvel uh once we get into the end game discussion but those are my thoughts how about yours okay well i do have to say was she really a hotshot pilot because i thought it was more like the whole point of her like her memories and she just seemed like she was just like oh man i could be the best pilot ever but i'm a woman and they don't want me to fly so oh, i have okay. to go to the secret program with this lady yeah i, just, I should probably say hot-headed person okay, yeah that that i was about to say i was like was she was she good at flying? Because you, you never get that from the movie. Besides mm-hmm. the one scene, which she ends up crashing yeah. because of other reasons. But you're like, hey, look at the look at this hot shot Top Gun over here crashing. For me, the movie, I think the visuals are the worst and also the best is where I would like to start. Where the aging CG or whatever whatever they use for Samuel Jackson, I, I thought was pretty cool. Like when I looked at him, I was like, I don't really see. I didn't really go like, hey, this guy looks kind of off. Like, his skin looks kind of weird. You know, he, he's not really that age. That it, that didn't really come to my mind. I was just more like, wow, they actually did it. Like, it looks, he looks young. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But then you go to the space scenes, and it looks like they spent all their budget on the ground level. Because you, you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you watch this and all the space scenes, and you're like, dude, where's this? You could tell, like, there was a green screen. Like, I could see the green screen. Like, it just looks so off. Like, you know how people have, like, those AR games? They're like, hey, you put yourself in this background. <laughs> That's She looked like she was in an AR game. I'm just like, ooh, I know where they spent their money. Because <laughs> it shows. And the scroll part, I don't see how you really enjoyed that. Because they're like, hey, we're really bad, but we're actually not really bad get to know us but we kind of attacked you a couple times i don't know what did what exactly did they do to her like i remember they lock her up they like they capture her first mm-hmm. then and they then try they to get her, her memories yeah but they do in a very like us a, a, a way that seems serious at first and then turns semi slapsticky um so that the the threat doesn't feel as dire but still it's still there like we can't trust you yeah like you you think that Carol Danvers is gonna get hurt as, at first? That she, that her, her being as we know it is an undeniable danger. But then it's sort of they sort of loosen up as they're trying to probe her memories, and they're they're the scrolls are arguing amongst themselves about how to do it or at what part to stop. And you you sort of loosen up because you know that these these people aren't as aren't as professional um, as we thought them to be, and. The real enemy in her in the movie was her memory, so like the final battle wasn't really a battle. It was more like, "Hey, I finally unlocked the key. I had the power within me the whole time, and then she just wins." 
Yeah, and it kind of introduces the the issue of her power levels and how to how to make it seem like someone else is a threat uh, when she is so powerful powerful herself. I definitely agree with you on the on the on the pros and the cons of the CG. You know, I had not even thought about that. The fact that you know Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury had you know CG for the entire movie. He just, he was made to look young th- that entire movie, but it was never an immersion breaking thing. Looking at uh, Coulson was never an immersion breaking thing, and for that, that is just absolutely incredible. Considering you know there are some movies out there that try to de-age. I mean, even in like Civil War. I guess to a certain extent, I don't know if it's a fair comparison, probably isn't, but when Tony Stark is talk, doing an MIT talk and he unveils this program he's created that can sort of recreate oh, memory. Relive your situation? Yeah. Or, or, yeah, see, yeah, or like see, memories. Yeah. yeah, you see young Tony Stark and it's like, ooh, something about this seems kind of very like shiny, shiny and a little too smooth. And, but I never got that feeling looking at Nick Fury, looking at uh, Agent Coulson. Um, on the flip side, once it gets to space... You notice the CG, especially when it comes to the heroes themselves. And, you know, there are people who've done, say, videos on this about how um, there is this this jarring transition and reliance on CGing the heroes themselves. Especially when you have actors that are perfectly fitted in suits and are doing all the stunts and are doing practical live-action movements and acting. And yet they still they still tend to rely on a CG model of the performance that the actor just put on and when you look at something like spider-man the cg version of spider-man is pretty digestible because you know it's a he's a fast-moving character always in movement and you never really see any sort of like human flesh you never see any actual part of peter parker so it sort of helps with the immersion of buying that this cg spider-man is the one swinging around I feel like in Captain Marvel, once Captain Marvel goes into space and she's in that suit where you see like the lower half of her mouth, you can definitely tell where it's CG and where it's, you know, it's actually Carol Danvers out of the suit or, you know, Brie, Brie Larson for real. And in that sense, I thought it was the most egregious use of CG in a Marvel movie, probably since the the final fight in Black Panther. That was another movie that that felt very... Kind of obvious in the CG department. They should have done, some, done something artistic. Guardians of the Galaxy already took that. Like, the way they made their space look very of that era. Like, 80s pop synth. Pretty much how, like, you know, Thor Ragnarok did, like, the whole metal, heavy metal, as well as, you know, dystopian outer space or sci-fi. They're, like, they have a theme to their outer space, while hers is just very boring. Like... I don't know what theme they were going for besides just, like, buddy cop movie on the ground. But, like, in space, it's just, like, we're in space and we got powers. And our art show, or, like, the way our CG looks up there is just, it shows. It's just, like, hey, we we didn't really think about this. We're just going to bring her up there. Yeah, the the extent is of it is really what? The Kree homeworld, uh, some Kree ships, scroll ships, and then, uh, you know, the, the, the nearest orbit near earth and so there's i guess maybe the kree homeworld and maybe the the one of the other planets that they invaded um was a point of opportunity to create a character out of the world 
or or the famous space subway where they spend a lot of their time or the space dojo yeah yeah and it, it ultimately just looked like a lot of kind of like reddish brownish that that was like the general color palette whereas with guardians there was there were a lot of different uh, color palettes at play when you're looking at uh, places like what nova prime if i'm not mistaken is that what it's called mm-hmm. and the other place where peter quill first shows up uh uh trying to get that that artifact even that had an a pretty distinctive hue to it. Captain Marvel really was just a lot of like kind of if it's if it's brown, it's space. If it's if it's kind of green, then it's and it's a scroll related um, area. And then she goes to space, but this is after Infinity War, where we're like, hey, there's someone on that the end of that pager. Who could it be? And then we watch this movie, and you're like, damn, she is powerful. I can't wait to see her, what she is capable of. Another thing I'd like to quickly mention when we were talking about CG, Infinity War had the worst Hulk Bruce Banner CGI as well. His head did not match that suit. And you can see they try to blur it, but Mm -hmm. they do such a bad job. You're just like, man, did you get the... I think the people who worked on that did the space scenes for Captain Marvel because they did not do a good job. But You know, this... The ev- uh, the instances of that, to me, came as early as Captain America: Civil War, because at the airport fight scene, when Peter Parker is being introduced to the rest of the the people at the airport as they're about to fight, Tony and Rhodey's um, masks come off, and you kind of see this. It kind of feels like a head, a floating head above, you know, a CG suit. So that's like mm-hmm. the earliest instance of of where I think the the head above the suit issue comes from but yeah i agree there was it was it's it wasn't as obvious when i first saw it in theaters but when you kind of watched bruce banner's scenes again it's like ooh boy this if there's his head where's the rest of his body yeah and the reason i bring this up a lot is because you know when we rewatch this later like years from now that's that's that CG is gonna show like for the ones that weren't very artistic. Like I said, I think you can enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy years from now because of how they handled it, like the colors and everything. You'll be like, "Ooh, this is actually pretty interesting." But then you'll watch Captain Marvel again, and you'll be like, uh, "This is uh, I can't rewatch this movie anymore." Like, while you, people can rewatch the the original trilogy of Star Wars, I feel like even if how old it is, because there was a lot of you know animatronics, it was a mix of both. And how they handled that. But if you watch Clone Wars and how many CG edits that gets, you, it just it really shows you're like, this is ugly to look at on top of a horrible story. <laughs> I guess before we get to the the main course, what did you think of Infinity War? I enjoyed it. That's what I will sum it up. I mean, well, they improved it in the second one, but there was a lot of cutting. Like, it was kind of jarring to me. Would be at one scene, and then it'll quickly cut to another, and you're like, "Oh, like the transitions just weren't done that well." But it was, I was, I was also awed by like, "Hey, everyone's here right now, you know? Thor's with the Guardians. This this person's with that person. This thing is going on, and they're actually gonna fight, you know?" Mm-hmm. I remember when we when we first saw Thanos in the beginning, I was just like, "Oh shit, he's actually here!" Because all we got was a couple scenes of him, you know, just sitting down on a chair talking <laughs> or seeing his face. And you're like, okay, uh, so this is the big bad that we were all building up to. But actually seeing him and then, you know, taking down the Hulk, making him like just Bruce Banner again. 
and you're just like, oh shit, this is what I have to look forward to. Everyone just preparing or just like figuring out like, hey, Thanos is here or like, who's this Thanos guy? And then they come face to face when they're like, oh shit. So I think the first movie, Infinity War was cool for that, you know, you finally see the stakes. You're like, hey, shit's going down for real. You know, all those people before or all those events before were nothing compared to this because this guy was, you know, just toying with you or like you're only fighting a subsect of him. Now we got to do something and you just see them how each character is either trying their best and failing or, you know, just being like, hey, I'm preparing. I need to create a weapon or I need to prepare myself while everyone else is suffering. Like they have to like, I have to do this even though I want to help. And that's that's what I really liked about Infinity War. I mean, I do have its complaints, like the CG and stuff, but and the, the editing. But in general, I I still enjoy it for building up to what comes next. Yeah, I really appreciate how um, how quickly it gets into the action. It it really wastes no time at all. You start immediately after Thor Ragnarok, and then even then, there's really no time for mourning. Despite what happens on uh, on the Asgardian ship, it goes straight to Earth and. Bruce Banner is already informing Tony Stark. And one thing I was really surprised about Infinity War was that it really made Thor a compelling hero this time around. I had seen Thor Ragnarok and it it was very it was very I could understand why people thoroughly enjoyed it. It still didn't click with me um as much as it clicked with a bunch of other people, but Infinity War uh when Thor's with Rocket Raccoon and they're alone in the on the ship and Thor's reflecting on all of his losses and trying to play off Thanos as yet another enemy in a line of enemies that he's taken down throughout his several millennia be- being alive and then, you know, getting to the point of tears as he realizes how vulnerable he is um, in this moment really just sold me on Thor being victorious. With that being said... The the CG was, I mean, well, I'm not going to talk about the CG, but uh, the battles were great. I think the interactions with between the Avengers were fantastic. My main gripe with the movie was that my two my two favorite Avengers, Captain America and Black Panther, you know, didn't get much screen time. And the screen time that they, the screen the time that they did were. get. <laughs> Uh, was it, Red Scarlet and Vision. They're, they're the best ones of it all because they're the ones who carried the movie. Did you not cry? Did you not cry? Oh, boy. When, he, when, when, they, when they brought him back to life, he's like, you know what? You dead. And then he brings him back to life just so he can ice him again. <laughs> did you not cry at all? Did you not cry twice? Did, did your tears not roll down when you saw that? You're like, man, my favorite Avengers, Red Scarlet and Vision. The movie had These me lovers. so immersed at that point that it didn't even... I don't think it even occurred to me that Thanos could even turn back time. When, I, when uh, Scarlet Witch uh, destroyed uh, the stone in Vision... No, it's Scarlet Witch. I, it <laughs> yeah, Scarlet. Red Scarlet. I don't know where I got Red Scarlet from. <laughs> um, I thought, oh man, you're screwed now, Thanos. And, you know, props <laughs> to, the, to the writers, to the, to the, to the crew, uh, the cast... But I, it totally did not occur to me that Thanos could even use the time zone. Just turn back time and just be like, uh, nope, I'm going to be taking that if you don't mind. And then he just takes it, you know. Um, 
But, you know, when it came to, like, Captain America and Black Panther, they, they kind of were just plot devices in this movie. You know, if you were to determine who who the main the main characters with the most at stake in this movie were, I'd say it was Iron Man and, and Thor. Um, so in that sense, it was Iron Man and Thor's movie. Uh, Captain America's job was to get Vision from one place to another. Black Panther's job was to provide the defenses. So for me personally, I was like, oh, this movie's good, but... Oh, you didn't give any attention to my characters. Captain America was just like, hey, I can punch guys. And yeah. You're like, oh, but you have to fight an army, Captain America. You can't really handle all these people. You're like, I'm going to punch 20 people. Like, he doesn't have, he doesn't even, like, do that. He's like, hey, I'm going to punch 20 people with one punch. He's also like, no, nah, I'm going to throw my shield at one guy and then punch this guy. And I was like, dude, you're in a, you're in a war. You know, you're fighting hundreds of people at the same time. He has, like, the least interesting battle among well i want there's one thing i want to discuss with you real quick because it's this can also lead up to another discussion later on but i think the most underutilized character and most useless character of the mcu is uh bucky yeah i feel like the way they built him up he did not add anything they're like oh this guy for what he does in uh winter soldier gotta do my you know chocolate brains breath away from the mic for a sec but yeah that oh man and it, it's, it really shows what you're going to get in Endgame when you see him in Infinity War because all he does is fire a gun and that is it. That is that is a scene. He just fires a gun. It's not it's not even a special gun. They never build up to like, hey, I have these crazy space-piercing rounds. You can't get them anywhere. I only have this gun. It can take out like 50 people with one shot. Now he's just like, hey, I'm going to hang out with Rocket Raccoon and we're going to like shoot up the place. Duh. Spoil it. He does it again in uh, Endgame. He just, I have a gun scene. <laughs> I paid. Uh, this is what we paid you. We paid you, you know, fifty grand. Just uh, pretend to shoot with this uh, Nerf gun for a couple seconds, and we're gonna. That's it. That's uh, that's your screen time. I'd seen the scene earlier today. The scene that you're talking about. Basically, you know, Captain America and company. They're at Avengers headquarters, and they're like, "Oh, we need a place to take Vision." And then you hear the Wakandan music. You hear the Black Panther soundtrack come on, and Steve is like. I know a place, and then you you cut to uh, T'Challa and Okoye walking in a field towards Bucky, and they're talking to themselves about like, oh yeah, the the White Wolf is tired, but he cannot be tired now. He must be ready for war. And then it's and then Bucky's like, where when's where's the fight? And then they're like, uh, on its way, and they're acting like Bucky and. The, the big thing is that they open this crate. They open this crate to reveal the Winter Soldier arm as if it's going to be this huge deciding... It, it, it's almost like a Chekhov's gun in a sense that it's there's so much importance placed on it, visually speaking, in that moment that you think it's going to play a bigger role than it actually does in the movie. Whereas the only role it really kind of plays is when Rocket asks, you know, how mu- asks him how much for the arm and he's like, it's not for sale. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get that arm. Haha, <laughs> laugh at jokes, guys. I do have to add, just for the listeners, is that while we, I like to say, we enjoyed these movies, but I think if you just blindly just say, hey, I, I like these movies, you know, how are they supposed to improve? I like to, I like to see the faults in them, you know. Not everything is perfect. I still enjoy them, I can still find, but uh, there's glaring faults in them that I cannot ignore, which, but at the same time, doesn't take away from what my enjoyment. And that's ultimately what the discussion is is for, um, to discuss how each movie in the MCU 
benefits each other and also maybe even detracts from from one another and how they're weighted against each other to culminate in this in this huge in this huge endeavor that ultimately has left a mark on both of us but back to the arm because uh i remember they they hand soloed the guy right at the end of uh winter soldier they're like hey put me out like the dogs and uh bring me back for the big fight and yeah. then you see him in in the other movie and he's just like walking around in black panther he's just like I have my Jedi, ro- my white Jedi robe. I am ready for what comes next. And you're like, oh shit, this this guy, he's he's gonna be doing ground pounds like Jax in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> he, this guy's gonna do something. And then you just watch the movie, and you're like, no. He's like, okay, you know what? There's a, there's another there's another one. <laughs> I hope he does it again. I hope he does. He pulls a Jax on me. You know, I hope he just like he just does that uppercut. I'm I'm not looking for. I'm looking forward to it. And you're just like, yeah, this white wolf. More like a puppy. This is this is gonna rewind us back to Civil War and you know Winter Soldier. Oh, actually, you know what? Winter Soldier. I don't even remember too much. Oh my gosh, Winter Soldier is my Winter Soldier is my t- top top MCU movie. I remember this is so much. this is what I remember. Winter Soldier. I'm just like, huh? How are they gonna begin this movie? And then you see Captain America running. You're like, my God, weren't you gonna tell me what happens in the next movie? How will I know? If I didn't watch this movie, what happened before? And they're like, nah, Captain America runs. He's he's not thinking about the past right now. He's thinking about, like, you know what? I'm going to jog around this park, and this is going to get introduced to Falcon. And it's, it yeah, and it's it, to me, it's such an organic way to, to bring these two characters together. Feels It feels real. Uh, Captain America, well, I guess Steve Rogers, is sort of, like, treats him like a stranger at first. And once they both find out they've, they've been in combat... Um, they definitely come to to understand each other, and I think this is it's the best utilization of the pop culture references in the MCU. When Falcon gives uh, Steve Rogers a suggestion, he suggests the um, the Trouble Man soundtrack for him to listen to, and then Steve Rogers opens his notepad. And he's got this list of pop culture stuff that he's missed over the past what sixty years. Um, mm-hmm. It's so great, so organic. Then Black Widow comes in, and she's like. Hey, fellas, I'm looking for a fossil. And, you know, Steve's like, aha, very funny. And then Falcon's like, hey, yeah. you know, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. But ultimately, it's such oh, it's such a great movie. It's such a great movie. Well, you're going to have to help me with this because these movies blend in together to me. I mean, I enjoyed them, but I can't remember which one's which. Like, uh, Winter Soldier is the one where he's mainly focused. Well, Bucky's mostly, you know, under the control, right? Yeah, and he's, it's at the he, end. He's just like, "Oh, I think I remember who I am now." Is is that how Winter Soldier ends? the 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 second after after credits scene in Winter Soldier is when Bucky goes to the museum um, dedicated to Captain America and then sees himself in the exhibit, and he doesn't outright say that he remembers, but there's definitely this feeling that he that he had a life before um, what he's the doing. Russians, guys. yeah. But ultimately, Winter Soldier is the the one where shield is is compromised Hydra, right? yeah is found oh, out okay, to be okay. compromised to um nick fury wants to build three helicarriers that is cap- that are capable of taking out perceived threats before the threats become threats and it just had so many memorable moments um from the highway fight um between winter soldier captain america black widow and and falcon to me it's it's the most memorable fight scene in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
the elevator fight scene is also another great fight scene and it just has a lot of character defining and character building moments whether it's character defining for Captain America who despite the fact that he lives in this new world this new world that's that's completely different from the perceived black and white um, nature of the 1940s he still sticks to his guns um, despite how gray things have become Black Widow who used to be pretty much Nick Fury's um, right-hand man questioning her her purpose in the world as she, as she sees it and it's 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 such a good it's such a good sort of thriller an action thriller definitely the one that definitely made me believe in the Russo brothers as being the right the right ones to handle any future Marvel movies that included so many uh, iconic characters or would be would go on to be iconic characters ah, I see okay it's all coming back to me now and that's all I gotta say all right this then. Is the one also, my mother question is: Is this the one with the helicopter arm scene, where he's on the, he's like, I need to grab this helicopter. You better not leave. Oh no, that's Civil War. Yeah, Bucky's trying to no. trying to escape <laughs> on the helicopter and then get that shot of Captain America against the sun, who pulling a Tom Cruise. Like I do my own stunts. Yeah, and oh man, I I gotta tell you, I saw that in theaters, and I got I got to very very hot and bothered. That Chris Evans, uh, he is just a hunk, hubba hubba. Did he also make you want to go work out? You're like, hey, that can be me too. Yes. Oh yeah. Get me a helicopter <laughs> to grab. <laughs> uh, Civil War, here we come. Lead the way, it all. Civil War, we're we're going into Civil War. Yeah, we're going into Civil War. Cause this one, I have a bone to pick with Civil War. I don't see why you <laughs> like the guy so much because I think. The whole, you know, Tony Stark being angry, being a little baby again. That's pretty much what he becomes later on in the movies. He just, he's like, wah, this, wah, that. And then, you know, there's consequences to that. He's pretty much, he just becomes Poe Dameron for multiple movies. He's just like, hey guys, I'm an asshole. And I'm going to continue to be an asshole. And I'm going to cause all these problems. And that's what he does. And then there's another guy who's like... I'm going to use the Winter Soldier to do stuff, or I'm going to blame him. And at the end of the day, he's just like, I just want to get to the fight scene, pretty much. This is pretty much my main gripe with the movie. It's just like, he's like, you go to the silo with like these super soldiers that you hear about. You're like, okay, the guy's over there. We're going to go get him. But there's also trained, like, these crazy Russian agents that have been asleep for the longest time. And then you get there, and they're dead. You're like, what? <laughs> what, 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 what was his sole scheme? If I, if I was the guy... I would have released those people and be like, you know what? For my revenge, you guys are going to have to fight these assholes to the death, you know? But he's like, no, I want you guys to fight each other. Ha ha ha. That was my plan the whole time. And I'm just like, oh, like the movie, the ride was fun. But the, the end, you're just like, this is the buildup just to see Tony Stark and Captain America fight when they should have been like, you know, fighting these Russian agents and then just beating the shit out of each other as well. In the meantime, they're like, you know what? I hate you still. Bet. But it's just like, nah. Someone already did a job for us. <laughs> now, just fight you now. <laughs> okay, well, I like Civil War for two main reasons. One. Uh-huh. What, does it include the Russian agents that die at the end? The, the supposed end fight? Well, I like I like the movie because it's, it's basically Avengers 2.0. 
we have more characters in this movie than we do in Age of Ultron, despite the fact that I'm pretty sure the release time between them wasn't very long. And despite all this, despite all these characters, it's still handled very, very, very well. Even though this is a Captain America movie and the secondary main character is Iron Man, you still got time for characters like Bucky, like Vision and Scarlet Witch, like Black Panther and Spider-Man for that part. And it's all handled well. The second reason I really like this movie is because it handles the immediate conflict between Steve Rogers and Tony Stark so well. It lays out both their both their ideologies on the table in a very clear manner, and it helps the audience uh, maintain empathy for Tony Stark's regrets for his pain um, that he's feeling in the wake of what happened in Sokovia, what happened in Age of Ultron. One other reason that I really like the movie is that it, it sticks to its guns, it sticks to the to the Civil War moniker, as opposed to trying to sell us on the whole, oh, our characters, our, our, our beloved characters are fighting each other, but one greater force is going to threaten both of them, and they're going to put their differences aside to fight that, to fight that force, cough, cough. What was her name? Why did you say that name, Martha? You know, so I'm I, I really like that they just stuck to their guns and they didn't ha- they didn't give Tony or or Steve Rogers a unifying villain to go after because it was really Black Panther who kind of cleaned up the the last guy at the end of the day. I should say at the end of the movie, Tony and Steve still remain separate and they they remain separated into into Infinity War. So I like that it it stuck to its guns in a way. You know, it was there wasn't a lasting sort of consequence to it. Rhodey gets injured in a way where he loses use of his legs, but kind of doesn't. All of our heroes on the Captain America side get put in jail, but they kind of don't. But at the end of the day, it it sticks to the okay. The Avengers have broken up as a result of the events in this movie, and to the point of the of the the Russian super soldiers I I agree with you in the sense that I completely forgot that they are even a factor in the movie I didn't even remember until you mentioned it but I do like that they uh just didn't bother utilizing them and kind of pulled the rug from underneath the audience to just say no this is going to be a battle over over Bucky whether Steve is strong enough to remain loyal to Bucky uh, to the point where he has to uh, nearly destroy another friend of his and break up this this group of, of people over not only some bureaucratic laws, but also his best friend. I'll say I disagree, but I think they just could have done it better. I, they didn't have to be united. I mean, I just said, yeah, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm done with Civil War. The only cool thing was that <laughs> okay. fight where you're like, "Hey, we're bringing in Ant Man." I'm, I'm, I'm clear. Of course, I'm oversimplifying it, but in reality, it's just like, "Hey, we're introducing Ant Man to the, to, with everyone else, and also Spider Man. We got him, guys. We bought him. We spent that money. We're bringing him in, introducing him now. Hopefully, you love him, and all the girls did because they squealed when I watched it. And uh, he mentioned. Star Wars, so we could all like him now. <laughs> when he swang, doing that twirl around Ant Man. All right, are we on to the uh, main course? 
Yes, we're on to that end game. We're reaching that, that end point. What this all built up to. The finale. Your boys. The world's end. Half the population of the universe is gone. What do the remaining Avengers do? And we find out that they sulk a lot. They're just gonna they're just gonna cry. They'll be like, hey, what do we do now? What can we do at our most fragile moment with all our friends gone? And then you find out that hey, we could we could kill this guy instantly. Very instantly. They spend like the first twenty, thirty minutes tracking him down and they end his life. And he's just like, I destroyed the stones, guys. And then we it cuts to five years later, and they're still sulking. So before we go into five years, let, let me ask you, what did you think of the, those first 20 minutes or so? What did you think of Captain Marvel finding Tony and Nebula, um, and then them knowing what points uh, in the universe Thanos was using the, the gauntlet at? This is my gripe with Captain Marvel, in that... Same thing with uh, good old Bucky in that they get built up to do something spectacular in the series, but they don't really, except that Captain Marvel does slightly more than Bucky does, but still not enough to, I don't see why, I mean, it's cool that she got a movie, you know, more representation, more diversity, but I felt they could have done it better. I'm not against I'm not against it. I just want them to do the characters better, which will give me with another gripe similar with Captain Marvel, but I'll talk about that later, but it's just I you know, the trailers were building it up to like something really sad and dark. You're like, "Hey, this is uh Tony Stark might die at this point." You know, he's like you just keep on seeing the trailers like, "Hey guys, I don't know if you'll find this." And you know, this recording, blah blah blah, don't miss me. I'm sorry. And then you watch the movie and you're like oh he wasn't actually alone and he doesn't really seem to be struggling all that much like you don't really get that you're just like oh he's playing he's having fun playing uh, paper football and he's like oh I'm gonna, I'm gonna rest my eyes i'm running out of air guys but you don't you don't really feel that like i don't feel the tension like i did when i watched the trailers because they kept on showing the scenes so much so that took it away and then you know in that moment when you think he's like oh he's gonna run out of air you see a light flashing and that's when you see captain marvel the tension just like whatever tension there was for some people i would say it evaporates and you're like oh okay he gets found last minute you know when he was probably dying when i saw that moment in the trailers i definitely thought that we were going to get another iron man one scenario where tony's in a pretty dire situation uh, as compared to when he was in that cave and he needed to find a way to get out um so we had to use every ounce of his ingenuity every ounce of 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 cunning and uh, resourcefulness to get out of that situation. And I, that's what what I thought was going to happen um, on that ship. Figured Nebula was with them beforehand, but I didn't think it was going to be so easy as to Captain Marvel finding Tony there, especially when you know she keeps making the spiel throughout the movie that there are other places in the universe other than Earth that need her help, and if they do need her help. What she doing, you know, in the middle of nowhere, finding Tony Stark and Nebula on some random ship, which is, it, it, it's, it's, I thought with that type of entry into the movie, she was going to have a, a bigger role, but we can discuss that later. Oh, no, we can discuss that now because she even, after that, following that scene, she's just like, hey guys, you guys are useless. I was out there fighting in space. I was doing all this shit while you guys were just dealing with, like, the foes over here. Like, you guys were, you weren't even dealing with point one 
you're doing like point zero 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 one of like all the enemies. There's there's shit out there. Now that I'm here, we're gonna fix this. You know, I'm 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 your main guy. I'm your I'm your tank. Later on, after all that, she's just like, uh, I'm leaving, guys. I'm uh I'm heading out to space. Hit me up if you want. Through ninety percent of ninety nine percent of the movie, she is not even mentioned or seen. And you're like, what the hell? We just we got a movie. We literally watched a movie before this one to, because you were building this chick up. You know, like, hey, she's gonna be doing a lot. She's barely in the movie. Yeah, that's that's true. I would say her lack of presence in the first act and the third act are particularly kind of jarring. When they finally use the quantum realm to go back in time, I would say it makes sense that she doesn't play as much of a role in that as one would expect her to. Basically because she's so unfamiliar with the goals and and the world that she would be placed in. But I agree that she... There are definitely moments for her to just appear. And it would have been pretty convenient for her to appear. As in convenient for our heroes. And convenient towards the resolution of the whatever conflict was at hand. So I really wanted to see more of Captain Marvel. To be very honest, I was disappointed that that we didn't get to see too much of her. Um, I really wanted to see how Carol Danvers and, by extension, Brie, Lars- Brie Larson gelled with the rest of the cast. And I thought there was going to be a vengeance factor coming into play. You know, we see that post credit scene in Captain Marvel where it's the present day and she's walking up to the Avengers is like, where's Nick at? And you think that she's going to go off the, the deep end to do whatever it takes to, to get Nick Fury back. But it's kind of like, oh, I guess he's gone. We took care of Thanos, so I'm just going to go fight the rest of the the problems in the universe. Yeah. Nick who? (laughs) Yeah. Never heard of him. Uh, See, in my mind, when I keep on thinking back of it, the idea I had in my head was, like, before even Captain Marvel even came out, was I thought that Ant-Man, while stuck in the, the, you know, was it the quantum realm? Yeah. That he would have somehow ended up in uh, Carol Danvers' time. With Nick Fury, they had, like, you know, an adventure. Mm, okay yeah that's, and then you know it's him trying to figure out you know she's still having her issues but at the same time he's trying to figure out how to get back to his time and nick fury just like in the middle of all this is like hey guys you're from space you're from a different time what the fuck is going on i enjoyed that idea more than what i watched of just like hey i don't know who i am and i'm gonna figure it out with this guy i don't really trust right now Oh wow! So you're saying that was not only your your idea for say Endgame, that was your idea for for Captain Marvel. Yeah, that was my idea for Captain Marvel because wow. that that would have built that's because that, when I you know when he gets brought back, I'd be like that would have been a cool way. He's just like, oh shit, you know. He still does. He didn't know the snap happened, but he just knows that he's like, oh, I was in a different time. I need to figure shit out. And yeah. then he's just he gets brought back, and he's just like, dude, it's still fucked up over here. You know, like what what the hell's going on? Yeah, and that would have been that would have been an interesting justification for Nick Fury to start the Avengers, knowing what he would know based on I'd, I'd say whatever uh, Scott Lang tells him. Yeah, but you know, I'm not in the writing room. So fast forward five years later, what did you? What are the thoughts? I, I, I didn't know what to think because I was just like, I remember someone's comment when they said after uh, Ant Man, I mean uh, after Thanos got iced. And then there was just that big pause of just, like, this black screen that goes on for, like, maybe, like, 10, 15 seconds. It really takes a while for, like, the five years to show up. And everyone's just like, 
I guess the movie's over. <laughs> Time to go, you know? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was over pretty quickly. I mean, it just took those guys. I guess you could say that he didn't even really try. You know, he's just like, I did the job. Now you guys can kill me. Yeah, After it, was, that, it was really shocking. It was just a lot of moping. Like, it, it was kind of like, I was pretty, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of bored. Like, because they were just like, hey, uh, yeah, we have no hope. Like, until until Ant-Man, because like, it's like the whole one-punch syndrome, where you're just waiting for that guy to, like, pop up. Like, because once he finally shows up, he's like, he comes back in time. You're just like, ah, just, just reach him already, because they're just, like, the whole time they're just like, oh, man, there's nothing we can do. Or, like, you hear them having transmissions with other people. Like War Machine and uh, Rack, uh, Rocket, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're just like, okay, guys, update me if there's anything going on, and you know nothing's really going on. And she's tra- and I think War Machine's tracking down Hawkeye, right? Yeah, yeah. He, that that that's not really a, a a big point. Like, was their relationship even that? Were they even that close? Like, when I think of Hawkeye and Black Widow. I think of Bruce Banner more than with Black Widow than I do, you know, Hawkeye and Black Widow to be like, hey, we're 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 alike, you know, we're both individuals of trouble. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting it's, it's, because it's, the Black Widow Hawkeye dynamic started in the first Avengers movie, and then that suddenly jarringly shifted to Bruce Banner Black Widow in Age of Ultron. So, despite the fact that. Age of Ultron and the first Avengers were both works of Joss Whedon. It seems this movie was like kind of competing with both the ideas that Black Widow had this very brotherly relationship with Hawkeye, but also a romantic angle with Bruce Banner. And I think it just chose to go back to the first Avengers uh, dynamic and emphasize the the Bruce uh, the Hawkeye Black Widow friendship rather than the potential love interests between bruce banner and black widow and then you get good old hawkeye because he's been mia for a lot of the movies so you know they gave him like main screen time in the beginning right he was i'm just trying to recall this off the top of my head right now yeah he was the first scene in the movie yeah and then his kids disappear and then it cuts to everyone else and let's see did you think the the tokyo scene was necessary no because I, I don't know I don't know if that was actually was that like a character in like the comics the, the yeah the he becomes guy or just like some or, yakuza guy yeah he was uh yeah it it's it, the character looks a lot more there's a more distinctive design to that character than we okay. saw in the in the movie I mean but they definitely they got the crossbow some... treatment like in yeah. Civil War well they had to do something but uh, I I was okay with it I'm just like he's just like I need to kill people. Is, is, is he's he was on like on a he was just on a war path I guess fighting crime because you know when your kids die you're like I'm gonna kill everyone now like all the criminals I'm gonna go to Mexico kill the cartels and then I'm gonna go to Tokyo you know it, it it just only took his daughters and family disappearing he's like you know now I'm gonna t- tackle crime by killing it yeah I, I don't know where that angle came from but uh, yeah it I, happened I, I really had to read about it on the internet after the fact to really understand the justification for it and what i read was he was just taking out the people who deserved to be snap whereas his family didn't deserve to be snap his uh, ultimate vengeance okay. was to take out those who actually deserve that that's that fate see i shouldn't have to read or get a comment from someone like that it should be a lot more apparent because to me it just seems like he's just like i'm on a blind 
I'm just killing people. Just like, or, I mean, like I know you're like you're saying, but like it just seems like I'm just killing bad guys is all. Yeah, and and the way it's kind of phrased in the movie, Black Widow phrases it as like, "Oh, doing this isn't gonna bring your family back," and it kind of seem it it seems like that's his motivation in the movie when it it should have come off as a little more as having a little bit more more substance in that. And they brush it off so quickly. It's like, "Hey, I know you you murdered like tons of people, but uh, we 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 got some hope for you." Yeah, <laughs> we got some plot device for the rest of the movie, and which is. We're going to go back in time through the quantum zone. And that, I thought, was, you know, how I think they handled it better than the previous movies. Like, the whole jarring, the cutting of, like, different scenes. Because mm-hmm. I was like, once I heard they were going to split up, they're like, okay, guys, we're going to go actually go to different timelines. Like, you three are going here, you three are going here, and three you go over here. I think they transitioned that part really well. Yeah, yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, I, I, I would agree. Because I remember... It would just be, like, you'll be watching one scene, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then it'll just, like, later on cut to, you know, Thor, I mean, uh, to Iron Man being, they're fighting Thanos. You're like, okay, this is, this is kind of weird. It's like this transition or the whole building the weapon in space with Thor. I'm just like, it just feels like they're just going all over the place. Like, it's, it's frantic, but it's not, like, helping the story frantic. You're like, okay, I understand why everyone's going crazy, but, like, the way they did it just... It's just I was I it wasn't going for me, but with this one I did enjoy it because uh, the first place they go to is the original Avengers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it seems, it you don't remember like they, either. Well, it seems like they go to three different places at the same time. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. New like, York, Asgard. Where, where and... do they go first? Like it, oh. you know, movie. T- yeah. Because uh, they go. Uh, well, I yeah, I couldn't tell you that. In fact, I'll go ahead and say it. I think Infinity War was the more um, more cohesive and sort of stable in sort of struck in, stru- in terms of structure than Endgame. But it's not to say that I was like confused by Endgame's progression, as I definitely I was definitely able to understand what what was happening in Endgame as it unfolded. But yeah, I couldn't tell you as far as like the f- what the four different places they went to. I couldn't tell you what what order they went into it he was like i just watched the movie here are my thoughts because it it did a pretty good job of just splicing all the events as they occurred my thoughts on the ones i can recall in order are i enjoyed the original avengers callback of them you know having to go back to that timeline of just like hey we're fighting a big you know zone but we also have to do with caution without getting caught that's where that whole joke about captain america's ass got many laughs at my theater that's America's oh, yeah. ass. Banner having to destroy stuff to match, you know, not look out of place of the timeline. Right. Yeah. And they really make it a big point, like, throughout the movie, like, hey, this isn't Back to the Future. This isn't that those time future movies. Time does not work like that. And in that sense... But doesn't it kind of? See, when you think about it, it's it becomes odd that they even try to reference it as time instead of just calling it, like, alternate dimensions. Like, we're just going to an alternate dimension of our world, and it's going to be the same place, but we gotta take some of the stones out of that place and put them into our dimension. Because once you introduce time and all this stuff, then people start to start to get to thinking that, oh, if you affect this timeline, it's gonna affect the, the main timeline, which is not the case. You know, none of it's supposed to, none of the timelines are supposed to interact with each other. If anything, you'll have different 
branching off points due to the changes that occur in particular dimensional timelines, but I think calling it time travel or implying that it was time travel kind of introduced some needless confusion in in some folks, especially as uh, as they discuss some of the pivotal moments in the scene or in the movie, and also you know Captain America's final scene is final return so to speak that a lot of people are expressing confusion over that and how the mechanics work yeah because that, that's what i thought was confusing too because i was like oh he's just gonna like what i imagined him doing was just like oh i'm teleporting to like different aspects of or different dimensions and just returning the stones and then in one of them he's just like i'm gonna stay for a while but like when you think of time you're like so is he just like staying there you know like and then mm-hmm. just like living his life through the whole time because if you think of time i'm imagining him just like him just going back to that time where he was with his where he the girl he loved was still alive and he just like lived his life that way if you dimension time but if you do like dimension he's like well i went to this dimension dropped it off went to the other dimension dropped it off and then in this dimension i stayed for a while and now i'm going back here or then i live my life in this dimension but earlier you know, speaking of uh, going in and out of dimensions, one of my, maybe my biggest gripe with this movie is how they handle Thanos. I gotta tell you, I, I don't like that the ultimate villain in this movie was pre-snap Thanos, or rather 2014 Thanos, or Guardians of the Galaxy Thanos, because he just he just doesn't have the same experience that post-snap Thanos has, and as a result, the threat of him feels very underwhelming. He's fighting the whole smorgasbord of the Avengers without knowing at all how they fight or what they're even capable of. That was probably the biggest sort of, ooh, man, you know, you know it'd be more satisfying to see post-Thanos, post-snap Thanos getting snapped. What do you mean post-Thanos being snapped? I mean, was there a way, if they could have at least, like, had it so that the Thanos we saw in Infinity War was ultimately the one who the entire the entire galaxy would be up against at the end of Endgame, I think that would have been more satisfying than having uh, Thanos, okay, okay. who didn't earn the stones at all, who didn't have to travel to Titan, who didn't have to travel to New York, who didn't, tra- who didn't have to travel to Wakanda. Having that Thanos just feels very underwhelming because he didn't earn... He didn't really earn it. So you're saying... Pre that Thanos, the one that we 2014, which we had the one that built up and fought and everything, the one that uh, gets killed. Yeah, you would want him to have survived throughout the whole movie as like I, an end game boss. You know, no. he's just like he still has the glove. He's but you know, I don't have saying? any specific suggestions. I'm saying 2014 Thanos should have stayed in that in his dimension, and the final Thanos that should have actually been fought was the Thanos that was in retirement because 2014 Thanos doesn't know anything about the heroes. One of the most glaring, the most glaring piece of evidence for this was when Scarlet Witch comes back from the snap and she sees Thanos she's, and she's like, you took everything from me. And then Thanos is like, I don't even know who you are. And that's like, that just illustrates one of the biggest problems with this Thanos that I have is that he doesn't know who these people are. He's seen Nebula's memories, and he's like, oh, okay, so I guess uh, another another uh, reality of me got all the stones, so I guess I just need to fast-forward this plan and uh, just uh, head to Earth, and I'll, I'll go ahead and finish the mission that way. And it's kind of like, oh, but you didn't, you really didn't earn it. You didn't have to go 
on the Asgardian ship and take out Heimdall, take out Loki, send Thor careening into the Guardians of the Galaxy ship. You didn't have to send in motion all these things that happened in Infinity War. All you had to do was just use Nebula to fast forward into another dimension and then take the gauntlet that way. And in that sense, he doesn't feel like 2014 Thanos doesn't feel anywhere near as threatening as the Thanos who they took out in his in his you know retirement home while he was trying to just cook a meal for himself. If that Thanos had somehow been survived or been brought back in a way where he was still alive or they they somehow needed to bring back Infinity War Thanos to the present after beheading him and then fight him for real, that would have been a more satisfying way to to cap him off as opposed to kind of sort of devolving 2014 Thanos into this oh well instead of 50% I'm just gonna do everybody and I'm gonna reset this universe and it's like ooh but now you're kind of now you've kind of devolved into yeah and he's kind kind of devolved into every other Marvel villain and loses sort of that sort of psychopathic um, appeal that he had in Infinity War when it was like you know what? Don't worry about it, Tony Stark. I may be taking out a lot of people, but fifty uh, percent will still it's be alive. Greater good, yeah. Yeah, and... yeah like because him, he's he's like I see. There's overpopulation, and the world is not handling it. Like there's, it's just the world. The world's just growing, and there's a lot of there's a lot of issues rising from that. So in my twisted mind, I'm just gonna be like, you know what? Instead of actually working on it, I'm just gonna do it for you. I'm gonna answer this with my own way. I'm just gonna kill you guys all, or like half of you guys, and then you know that'll help out the world is what he sees. But then you know, then he was just like, hey, I'm just gonna create a new world with new people who will cherish what I have to give them, and that's and that's all he that's all he wants. Instead of you know helping, he's just like, no, I want them to to you know be happy with what I give them. Yeah, that's and then, all. And that sense, it's, it's, like it's you all know, about me. <laughs> how does be how does he become different than say Ronan or you know any of the 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 Thor villains who want to just take over the world or or want to mold the world into their image? Pretty much. So you know, the whole Nebula saga is the one that I take the most issue with because the chick, she's the one who's like they send out like, okay, you you know the most, and they're gonna send War Machine. Did she not think that her memories would be not, like, like say she, her memories are uploaded to the cloud, per se, you know. She's, like, some hard drive, Wi-Fi hard drive, and then right. she's just, like, every time I'm uploading stuff, it doesn't matter when, doesn't matter who, even if there's no one there to access it, if I'm the only one who can access it. Does she not go, like, hey, in my past, Thanos, you know, modified me, he, he, he put this stuff into me. I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to be uploading these memories to pass to me. Yeah, that, I feel like she should have known that. About? I, yeah, I agree. She should have known They failed to mention it, and she she acts like... Well, she doesn't act surprised. She just does, she just rolls with the punches. She's like, hey, shit happens. And she's like, oh, I'm going to have to go back in time and do all this stuff all over again. And pretty much her saga is just what ruins everything. Like, what brings out 2014... Thanos to the present because of the whole memory, you know, getting uploaded. And she's like, "Hey, what's what's this?" Or Thanos is going, "Hey, what are these memories and stuff like that?" And blah blah blah. And then, boom, that brings us to them coming to the present. Yeah, and and when you think about Nebula that way, it it's sort of kind of frustrating because you you feel like she would know that about herself. 
considering that she's been experimented on in a way where her memories are capable of being extracted um, separate from her consciousness um, without her permission. In Guardians 1, you see her tortured... Me- like, it, it, they make it apparent that, like, hey, this chick has been through some real shit compared to Gamora. She's been tortured, she's been modified, and then this movie, she's like, hey, I think I'm uploading my memories, but I'm not going to say anything about it, but, you know, it's happening. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It's how it's Guardians characters who kind of drop the ball and and ruin the bigger, the greater the greater plan but at least in infinity war when peter quill dropped the ball it made sense and it was very sort of in character whereas this one is like ooh, nebula should have kind of known what was going on and what and that it was a possibility she could have been uploading memories between her two selves yeah like with the, the quill thing you're like He's like, hey, you should shoot her. And she's saying, you should shoot me. You really should shoot me. And he's just like, I love this chick, but I also have to do the right thing. But he's so conflicted. And it's it's fun to watch, like, the whole scene and then he, how Thanos messes with him. You know, he, he just like, oh, I can, you know, he turns it into bubbles when he actually does fire it. And then you're like, damn, he was just toying with him the whole time. But, like, this one, you're just like, man, this chick is stupid. Like, nothing it's not fun to watch like the only fun thing is like they make they like they see quill doing his dance from the first movie and they knock him out like that's that's the only thing i enjoyed because i was like oh i know it's coming but i want to see it happen and how like instead of having the music playing in the background you just hear you know him singing actually the song like that's that's the only enjoyable moment i had from the the air quotes guardian scene but after that It, it it is frustrating yeah yeah, I don't. I don't even remember War Machine, War Machine's part too much in that scene either. Like he was just as forgettable because he didn't really do much. It's more like, oh man, let's watch Nebula mess things up. It's pretty much that whole timeline pass thing, the way they handle that whole thing. And they just leave her alone after they after they go back. They're like they're like, hey, where's Nebula? You know, we're gonna we're gonna handle this glove thing. We're gonna lock down the whole place, and she's out there just like you know messing with the computers and people are just like hey you know yeah hmm see what would have been nice what would have been cool well it's more of a joke when i think about it it's just like what when she brings them back they just like fly away into space you know just like team rocket they just go away they're like we're flying off guys never to be seen till like much later while they figure things out or like he's like he goes back in time and he just tries to figure out what the hell has happened like how his past self has failed and what what are the what what were the results and him and then that's how he becomes better but the way they just rush him into it and that's the problem yeah he's just like hey my this is my from what little memories my past me or nebula sent me from her google wi-fi drive (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna act on this and that's when you get rushed into the final battle and then because at that point, like, when, before that whole, uh, you know, 2014 Thanos arrives, I'm just like, dude, how long is this movie? Like, because <laughs> people said three hours, and I was just like, and I was watching this, like, before my work shift, and I have work, like, at 5, 8, 6 a.m., so I was like, shit, I'm, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to get very little sleep, so that's why I checked my phone, like, at that time. <clears throat> and I was just like, dude, this movie's 
long, like really long, like Alita Battle Angel long. Yeah, and when I think about things like uh, Captain Marvel not coming in where like she logically should have been a uh, major participant and stuff like Nebula not knowing that, you know, she, she's been keeping Twitch streams on her, uh, in her archives. <laughs> Um, Hit like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs> from 2019. Yeah, <laughs> got another subscriber. Thanks, Thanos, for the donation. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks for the eye enhancement and all the torture. <laughs> it, it, Endgame, as opposed to Infinity War, as opposed to probably any other MCU movie, feels like the most egregious as far as it just ignoring the capabilities of its own heroes and probably uh the most egregious as far as getting as the power the the powers involved um between the superheroes getting ahead of themselves to the point where now they have to be reined in in very obvious ways because i feel like especially during the final battle when our hero well, you, you, you see some stuff that, that, that feels very convenient for the sake of convenience. Uh, in Infinity War, um, it's explained that Thanos needed to go to um, the character that Peter Dinklage played um, on that planet where Thor got his, his new hammer forged. He need, that Th- Thanos had to go to that place to get the, the gauntlet forged. Meanwhile, Tony Stark creates, recreates the gauntlet in like a few minutes. And it somehow fits all the stones, and it's perfectly compatible. Um, it's stuff like that where it's just like, uh, are are you sure that that you really want to make the heroes that powerful and that smart for the sake of moving the the plot forward? Uh, so you make them. Well, sm- I mean, they did that in the beginning with like the whole Tony Stark and Ant Man debate with the, with the Quantum Zone. They're like, Ant Man's like, hey guys, I figured out something we could possibly do. Quantum Zone. I don't have it figured out yet. And then Tony Stark's like, don't mess with that, guys. You know, things are already messed up. And then he goes, he after thinking about Spider-Man, you know, that's that twinkle in your eye scene when he's like looking at the photo. He's like, hey, I don't feel so well, Tony Stark. And then he's like, okay, maybe I should actually mess with the quantum zone. And then he figures out like an instant. Like he, he doesn't even do anything. He just has his computer like analyze stuff. He's like, Hey guys, I figured it out, but my computer did it. Yeah, and it feels like it 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 goes it constantly goes back on rules that were established earlier, or it ignores um, rules that were established earlier. Like, <laughs> you know, the whole like nanotech that Tony's got, where in Infinity War, Thanos stabbed him with his own like nano machine sword. Um, Tony just like sprays it on, sprays his wound with it, and you know I guess it's supposed to be temporary, but it it ultimately does like stem the infection and is not a threat to him. And I feel like well, if you if you were able to go that far, what stops you from going so far as to make a gauntlet that's compatible with the Infinity Stones, but a gauntlet that is also not capable of threatening your life once you use it? Like, you can't cover your arm in, like, your nano armor to prevent it from hurting you once you actually snap snap the gauntlet with the stones in place, preventing Tony Stark from 
from kicking the bucket at the end. That's what I feel like. It's like, ooh, isn't Tony Stark smart enough to know how to prevent the gauntlet from being a threat to him after he uses it? Or rather, other instances like we just find out in Endgame that it's very, very, very easy to just remove individual stones despite the fact that they've all been um, fastened to the gauntlet. Thanos easily uses the Power Stone to um, individually to stem uh, Captain Marvel from him. Why couldn't our heroes have used, like, say, the Time Stone individually to sort of go back in time and prevent Thanos from launching missiles into the Avengers headquarters? Um, it's it's stuff like that when where you if you actually try to think about the things in the movie or think about the powers our heroes have, it things start to fall apart. Things start to fall apart because you know the heroes should be behaving a little bit more more intelligently than this but you know that if they were to behave a little bit more intelligently that the movie would be over uh, a lot earlier yeah i mean you can the biggest one is the hulk you know i mean the guy puts on the glove and he gets like beaten up by it even though you know he, he can survive gamma radiation he can heal super quickly but like this one he's just like at the end of the movie he's got a little sling i'm like dude you're you're the hulk you know and this little glove is the one that's gonna like take you down like it's it's just how convenient it is while like thanos is like walks away and i guess they want to say because thanos beat him up you know he can handle more he can handle the glove even better than him but i I don't i'm pretty sure if if he was if the hulk was supposed to act as he was or how we usually see him and his capabilities and powers and his regeneration and the power of you know whatever the hell he is you know he would have been fine after all that you know he might have been hurt for like a couple seconds but not like to the point he was in the movie yeah and but and also the glove pretty much that whole device that whole you know him making the glove is just for that end scene where you know where he fights with Thanos just one-on-one over the glove and then he does that thing because he made it I think that's pretty much just the whole build-up of why they had you know Tony Stark make the glove yeah it's 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 should I just say it yeah or well I mean Tony Thanos is about to snap but Tony gets him gets his arm and the way they shoot it, they make it think, you know, oh, he, he snapped everyone. He got it. But then he, nothing, you, you know, there's silence and then it shoots out and then like everyone's okay. And then you find out, hey, he grabbed all the, you know, all the gems. And the reason is because, you know, Tony made it. So he, he knows the mechanisms for the glove. So boom, he got them all. Yeah. And it really feels, uh, convenient it really feels uh once you look back on it in the moment it's it's kind of like oh yeah okay but once you think about it it's it's kind of <laughs> just ooh. <laughs> all right you 40 <laughs> <laughs> my other oh another ooh moment for me would be that that scene, oh, oh my god, like, it's another Captain Marvel scene where 
it's they they could have done it better. Like if you seen this, if you seen the way they done it, like if they really had some foresight. Let's just say, you know, if I had a daughter, I she she probably wouldn't have she would probably wouldn't have cared. She probably would have been like, "Hey, this scene is cool." But me with my critical thinking adult brain, I, I was just like, "This is kind of dumb." I probably would have want it better. And the scene I'm alluding to is the girl power scene in the final fight. In that there's a whole battle going on, and then all the girls that are still alive get together and do their cool stroll, and then they start fighting. Like, they do their quick segments of fighting, and then that's it. Like, it, 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 they don't do anything major in the fight. They just fight together. And then you're like, hey, we girls can do it too. And my problem with that is I felt like I would rather have them doing bouts with, like, other characters. Or, like, you could still have them, like, with other girls, but, like, they don't, even with the girl power scene, they don't do it that well, like, to make it look cool. Like, I would want, like, like my problem, like I said, Captain Marvel doesn't do anything. You can have her doing punches with Captain America. Like, they could switch off. Like, they can have cool scenes, but they don't. Like, even in their own segments, they don't utilize them that well. They don't do anything. Like, it, it just makes you go, like, uh. Like, when people say about, like, how they force diversity and stuff like this is just one of those scenes where like hey checklist there's girls they do stuff while i would have rather wanted to be like hey valkyrie she while she does something cool like what they did with spider-man like she carries spider-man and then she's like slicing people while carrying him at the same time and that was a good scene that and, you know i'd be like dude valkyrie's a badass but like in her scene with other girls she's just like eh and that's that's my rant the the issue with that moment is not the content of the shot, but rather the way that shot is executed. And the way it's, ex- it's executed is in a way that absolutely halts the flow of the action so that you are, you are forced to um, look at it and you're forced to not be a participant in the rest of the battle for the for the time that that shot lingers and as a result it breaks immersion because it's taking this frenetic battle and it's stopping it for this one moment um in infinity war that moment was part of the battle in a way you had the moment where black widow okoye and scarlet witch were all fighting the the aliens together and it was a completely awesome sequence because even though you kind of understood the intent behind it um it flowed very well with the rest of the battle and it showed off all, all of their moves rather than getting them set up for a pose and it made it made them participants in the battle rather than objects to look at which is what i think was the problem for me when i looked at that that one shot is that it sort of made them objects to ogle at rather than um, demonstrating that they were uh, just as just as much participants as anybody else, as any other hero on that battlefield. And similar to what you were suggesting, what I thought should have happened is as Valkyrie or as Captain Marvel was moving through the battlefield with... Um, 
what was it, the gauntlet at the time. Mm-hmm. It should have been like as as they're moving through the battlefield, they're each hero say, you know, be it um Wasp or Okoye is staving off enemy after enemy, clearing a path for this one hero to get through. And so you get to see a showcase of each hero's um, attributes and their contribution to the immediate objective of that battle. Um, and I think the biggest issue with me was that it had to stop everything in order in order to show us that that um, that sort of panorama of 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 the heroes. Well, Infinity War, they actually fought someone like important, like one of her like right hand women. Yeah, yeah, like she she was like in this one, they were just fighting regular folks, like not even like the Titans or anything like that. They were just fighting, you know, the peons, the low level foes. So it's not like they were doing anything important. And, and it comes this... oh, now you go. Okay. Well, I was I was reading an article about this moment and the gist of this of the article was that moment in Endgame really wasn't as important as those responsible for making it think it is because Marvel hasn't treated female characters that well to begin with so that moment in Endgame was was kind of a a small gesture in the grand scheme of things um, and that these characters should have received better writing um, in the first place rather than some, you know, sort of token moment that that showed, oh, they have a place, um, which I, I kind of s- sort of agree with. If you want to mend the, the issue of representation, it begins with giving the characters good substance to begin with rather than trying to make up for it after the fact with this um with this still frame and a brief moment frame yeah and it shows i mean you know hopefully things will be resolved in time for the black widow movie um because it's long overdue yeah but you know her only move is just like get on their neck and spin around for someone who's been trained a trained assassin that's the only memorable move I know is that she does that you know get on your neck and then spin and then throw them on the ground yeah now that I found out that now that we know it's uh it's a prequel and it's kind of like uh oh well uh how about we go forward with another character like wasp or <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah. What other what other areas did you take umbrage with in Endgame? There's more, but why am I blinking right now? Uh, they'll come to me. Give me a sec. Anything concerning when Captain uh, America and Iron Man go way, way back to, what, the 1970s? Oh. That bothered you? I thought no, that, I was just, I was just, okay. one, I was just oh. wondering if you, if you had any issue with that one. No, I thought that one was okay. I, I thought I was hoping Tony Stark's dad would have been like, "Hey, you're not from this timeline, 
and then be, you know wink and nudge and be uh-huh. like i know you're my son that's what i wanted to see but in the end he was just like all you know find out is that you know tony stark tells his dad even though we're not supposed to think that ti- the timelines don't affect themselves that way you know like back to the future but he's the one who ends up telling his dad this phrase that he ends up passing on to tony stark himself yeah and what did you think about uh lebowski thor thorbowski i liked him in the beginning just the whole Fortnite scene you know I was like, oh, hey, it's, it's the guys from uh, Thor Ragnarok. And it was cute for a second, but then he, he just gets, he just drags on when it comes to his scene. But it wasn't as bad as uh, Nebula's. That's all I gotta say. I, I mean, it was fun. But they never did it. Whatever happened with the What's-Her-Face? Gamora? The... Ch- not Gamora, uh, the chick from Thor one, the one that he falls in love with. They don't really oh, explain yeah, uh, what happened. It's like she, yeah, she she just goes away. They just like she breaks up, but they never really get into that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's just like she's gone. We they, they, they broke up. Her. Like I don't know if it was like I don't know what movie it was maybe Age of Ultron where. Um, they had some like passerbys who wanted to get Thor's picture, and they and they say, "Oh yeah, sorry you broke up with, sorry Jane dumped you, something like that." So they they definitely broke up in canon. And it doesn't even, it doesn't really bother him. Like in like it's like in this movie, it's convenient for him to like finally break down. He's like, oh, "Okay, all these years, and now now it's now it's hitting me." But it was really his mom he wanted. The, yeah. the hug of a mother. So with this being said, what did you like about Endgame? I liked Man, I've I've been so negative this whole time. I can't even I can't even oh, I wow. mean... <laughs> I'm, I'm not negative, but like I just like that can I say that I like that it happened? And that it yeah. like it could it's like uh like Toy Story, I would say like it's a, to me it was like a Toy Story three equivalent. You know how you went, you were along for this long journey, and then it's finally over. And you had there were some up and downs within that journey, but uh, you like how it turned out in in the end, though it didn't turn out as best as good as you thought it would, but it was still good nonetheless. You know, for all its flaws. There's no denying the scale of it all. There's no denying the the spectacle of this movie, and there's no denying the effort and the amount of detail um, in relation to the rest of the universe. To the point where it's 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 really hard to ever say that this movie is is not good. You know, it's it's not perfect. Um, it's it's but it despite all of this it's it's hard to it's hard to really put this down in a way that yeah. that feels like that feels definitive if it's unusual because i i don't think i've ever experienced a feeling quite like this when it comes to a movie where you know there are some issues with it but it's to the point where you got to appreciate 
everything that it does, you gotta appreciate everything it gets right, and even even when it does some things wrong. You know, one of the things I enjoy about this movie, one of the I'm not even enjoy one of the things I thoroughly appreciate about this movie is that unlike Infinity War, this was finally Captain America's movie. You know, um, I got my callbacks to Winter Soldier in this in this movie in a way that made me gasp in the theaters when I saw um, Crossbones, when I saw Alexander Pierce, the, who was the villain from uh, Winter Soldier, uh, in a way I, I gasped when I saw Jasper Sitwell, and I gasped in particular you know, when I saw the ancient one, when I saw Tilda Swinton, um, and her, her discussion with, with Bruce Banner as to why she's not giving up the, the time stone. And then when Bruce Banner finally says to her, uh, yo, Dr. Strange just gave it to, to, to Thanos. And she finally puts two and two together and realizes, well, if he's supposed to be the best of us, then maybe I'm supposed to give you this time stone. And despite the fact that there's not much, there's no, there's no action at all that happens between Bruce Banner and the Ancient One. It to me, it's one of the most memorable moments of Endgame because, um, you know, Doctor Strange isn't even up there with one of my favorite Marvel movies. But um, I just love that that tie-in with with the rest of the universe. Um, seeing Captain America finally wield Mjolnir, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Um, <laughs> but you know, see see him do those Street Fighter combos, those Tekken combos with Thanos using that thing was incredibly satisfying. Seeing him uh go back and finally have that dance with Peggy was satisfying. Seeing him pass the mantle off to Falcon was satisfying. And as a result, I can't wait to see, you know, what, what Disney's got cooked up with the Disney Plus streaming service and um the whole Falcon and Winter Soldier T V series along with the other T V series um related to the MCU heroes. Uh, it, it feels so big that I don't, in a way, I, I almost don't know how they're going to beat it, especially going forward. Who's going to be, who's going to be the next Tony Stark? You know, who's going to be that definitive, who's going to be that flagship hero of the new Avengers? Um, and sometimes you want to think about this. Sometimes you don't. Um, but ultimately, what this movie gave was something conclusive, and it capped it off in a way that, um, in a way I don't think we'll see for quite some time. Yeah, who's going to be the next villain? I mean... <laughs> and are they even going to have like a goal halfway as interesting as Thanos's? Yeah, there's no stones. They're gonna be like, "Hey, we got these uh, dice, <laughs> these magic dice <laughs> from the lame Falcon." <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> we got these dice that were here the whole time, but we just never, we just never, pay... we never knew what they meant. But now they're glowing today. They're like, "Oh shit, that's a uh... Sanoff," you know, the new enemy. <laughs> <laughs> well since he's he's even stronger and smarter than the previous one and uh we need all the avengers and you know what you know who we just bought the x-men boom so, you remember that basketball from uh x-men apocalypse when apocalypse was in that gym that's gonna be the new gauntlet <laughs> <laughs> you know dark phoenix 
she's not in this one. We just wanted to mention her. New movie coming out <laughs> next year. Jude! <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's... I still get giddy when I when I think about it all, because seeing all these characters on the screen, you know, I never thought... It, what we had was... We had Spider-Man. Like, that, that was my... That's what came out when I was, like, of age and aware. I'm just like, dude, Spider-Man. I remember... This is before we had, like, you know, you can buy tickets to seat, like, special seats. You can buy, you know, reserve your seat for things. No, you had to wait in line. Mm-hmm. And there was a long-ass line for Spider-Man. I remember when that first came out, like, around the block of Mercado, which you would know, but the readers won't know. The readers <laughs> and listeners of <laughs> yeah. the Digest, you know. But, like, I was just like, dude, this is crazy. This is, like, this reminded me back to, like, Pokemon, the first movie, of how... How big the crowds were, and how excited I was, because I remember when ev- during the final battle I was just like, "Oh shit, everyone's here!" You know, I'm like, "I'm actually seeing this. This thing is happening again, but like to a larger extent. Like everything was culminating to this moment. I was just like, at that that whole feeling. I, I enjoyed the feeling it gave me, this nostalgic feeling, and this this feeling I thought would never happen. You know." It's such an event unlike any other, um, and you know it instantly that it's such an event uh, in a way that, that you didn't really get with, say, Age of Ultron, um, and maybe to some extent Infinity War, but it's what the Russo brothers and crew do so well is they establish what's at stake, both in-universe and externally, culturally, what's at stake here. And it can't be it. It can't be ignored. It can't be it, it. You understand it immediately, and once you once the credits start rolling, and you see that those personalized credits for um, the main the main light Avengers, you realize, oh man, this is this is really it. These this was something special, and oh man, what will we see in ten years? Is my question, rhetorically speaking. Well, I'm gonna stop recording right now. Three, two, one. Start. I don't feel so good. You're alright. I don't. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. What's happening. I don't want to go. I don't want to go, sir. Please, please, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. 